Good morning. Good Sunday morning. So, do you want to come in? Stand to your feet. We're going to praise our amazing God. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you here. We welcome you to come and fill this place with your atmosphere, your atmosphere of peace and joy, your atmosphere of healing and resurrection. We're just going to worship our God who is bigger, who is greater than anything. Anything we're facing, anything that's around us, anything we see, He's bigger. He's greater. That's our God. We're searching for Him. We're hunting for His heart. We're looking to His face because He's the answer. Do 
you are here with us right now. Thank you, God, that you are for us. Thank you, God, that you desire relationship with us. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. May we open up our hearts to you today. May we allow you to have your way in our lives, God. Thank you that you desire the very best for us. Thank you, God. God, may everyone right where they're at today, I ask. Thank you for your breath of encouragement upon every person today, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. Great to be in church, isn't it? Dry. <laughs> Warm, dry. Awesome. You may be seated. Beautiful. I love gathering together. So good. Gathering together with faith, expectation, and our amazing God. Well, it's great to celebrate together as well, isn't it? So we're going to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. So has anyone had a birthday or an, a wedding anniversary in the past week? Have we got any winter birth? I always think it's nice, it'd be really nice to have a birthday at this time of year because it's sort of like in between Christmas, you know, and you get to have presents in the middle of the year. Has anyone had one? No, I know I wished a few people a happy birthday on Facebook this week, but I can't remember who they all were. But no one here. No. No no wedding anniversaries. No. Well, I can see a, a couple of beautiful, gorgeous little girls. So do you like chocolate? Let's give you chocolate. We'll go for the gold ones. Here you go. When's your birthdays? Oh, it's soon. November, July and November. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. There's another little gorgeous little girl. We better not miss people out. Oh, what have I got myself into? Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. There's any... Other gorgeous little kitties. Oh, Brenda. <laughs> then come and get chocolate from Wayne. <laughs> if you're here with us today and you're, um, 
it's your first time or first or second time, and a special welcome to you today. Enjoy your morning with us. We do have uh, some guest bags uh, on the right as you exit out into the foyer there. So when you do go, if you haven't uh, received a guest bag yet, please pick one up. There'll be someone to meet you there uh, as you exit. Also, there's a, a coffee card in there as well. You get to go and enjoy a lovely coffee, which is great, isn't it? Or a cup of tea, if you prefer. Well, we have an exciting... Uh, weekend coming up next weekend, or this coming weekend, we have uh, Helen Calder is going to be with us all the way from Melbourne. She's on the team with Steve McCracken, for those of you that know Steve McCracken. Helen is a prophet or prophetess, I'm not too sure if you say prophetess when it's a lady, but prophet, prophetess, and she is going to be with us for School of the Spirit. And she's, she'll also be with us here on the Sunday. If you have not registered for School of the Spirit, I strongly encourage you to get to School of the Spirit. It's going to be a significant weekend in the life of our church family. And I'm very, very expectant at what she is bringing, what Helen is bringing. I know Sheridan has had a conversation with her and she's carrying something significant for us as a church. So to, so if you can possibly get to School of the Spirit, please register. You can do that online uh, or at the Hub after our gathering this morning. But on the Sunday, she's going to be with us on the Sunday. We're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to have a combined 9am gathering. How's that? Yeah, combined 9am morning gathering. So no 1030 we're going to have the combined 9am and then we're going to have morning tea together afterwards. The reason, one of the reasons for that is that Helen is going to be ministering here in the morning as well as in Te Amutu with Phil and Kathy Strong. So she's going to be here with us first, then rushing off to Te Amutu and speaking there. And then she's also going to be back with us at the 6pm gathering. So if you can possibly make it for the 9am and 6pm, it's going to be um, very worthwhile, I can assure you. Yeah, exciting weekend coming. Uh, please pray into that. Uh, it, it'll be excellent for us as a church. If you are a new Christian or new, new in the faith, then I encourage you to come along to the 6pm tonight. Josh Moore is going to be leading Faith 101, which will be happening while the 6pm gathering is on. So, so come along uh, tonight, 6pm, and he's going to be going through the basics of the faith, which will be great. And hopefully you've received an A. I think it's one of our last, last missions cards. That, haven't the missions cards been great? You would have received Christine Harding's cards, so you can have a good read of that and um, pray for her. Also, Pastor Ray is today in uh, Raglan, Raglan Activate Church this morning. So thank you, God, for being with him right now. Thank you for your anointing upon Pastor Ray right now, in Jesus' name. That's good, isn't it? Blessing, Activate Raglan this morning. Well, Graham Fullerton. No, before we have Graham Fullerton, actually. <laughs> Sorry, Graham. <laughs> Be expectant for Graham to come. But before we, <laughs> before we have Graham, we're going to have Sharon 
come and share. Where is Sharon? There she is over there. Sharon's going to come and share a testimony with us. If you receive the, um, the email, that our prayer email and everything, how many of you received that? And if you've been praying into that, you, uh, you would have seen that yesterday we were praying for more uh, healings to happen in our Activate groups, which are our small groups. Well, you're going to enjoy listening to Sharon's testimony. So give her a hand. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm choosing to read because I'm a a little bit nervous. Um, My name's Sharon Udy, and I've been coming to Activate Church for the past 18 months. And I want to share with you this morning something totally miraculous that God has done in my life. Since I was a young teenager, I've lived with constant chronic low back and hip pain. And over many years, I went to a chiropractor or an osteopath regularly, good people, and this brought relief for a short period. Then I'd feel my body return to restrictiveness and a lot of pain. At the beginning of this year, I went to a physiotherapist in Hamilton who does sport and injury massage. And she also worked part-time at the shoe clinic in Hamilton and she knew a lot about biomechanics, how the body works. She said to me from her observation, I possibly had one leg shorter than the other. I'm shaking, (laughs) sorry. Um, And if this was the case, then I'd go around in circles trying to deal with pain when I needed to correct my body structure. Easy said. She explained everyone can have bones that are different in length, but if they're more than one centimetre in difference, it can cause structural problems. She suggested I see a podiatrist at the shoe clinic for assessment. So along I went to see the podiatrist and she measured my limbs and she said that the left tibia bone between the knee and the foot Um, was 1.2 centimetres shorter than the right. And that explained why my whole left side was lower than my right side. You need special shoes with a lift insert in the left shoe to raise the left leg to help with the imbalance, she said. So I made another appointment to see her at the clinic three weeks later. However, a few days after that, I began to feel uncomfortable in my spirit I'd been praying along the way, but I hadn't asked God to heal me directly. And I had a bit of a faith crisis. Like, was I gonna ask God to grow my leg? I knew he could grow a bone, of course he could. But what was his will in my situation? Was I supposed to accept this avenue as the means of bringing relief? So I prayed and I kept praying, asking God to make the left tibia bone the same length as the right before the next appointment. I got to the appointment and after re-measuring and other tests and doing squats, which I, I couldn't do because my body would go funny ways, I still had the shorter leg. So I left the clinic with a brand new pair of orthotic shoes for work and two inserts, one for a pair I had at home. The shoes made a difference, but of course, couldn't wear them all the time. I happened to mention all of this one night at Active Group. My faith-filled friends said, let's pray over you. (laughs) 
So I sat in a chair with a friend holding my feet and everybody else praying. I didn't know what to expect, listening to everyone pray, but I was open to God. Then I heard the words, Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we command that leg to grow. Well, I immediately felt my lower left leg sort of stretch and shove forward. My first thought was, did I do that? Was that my own reflex action? Out came the measuring tape. We did the measure test. And a friend declared they're the same length. Just to be sure, I measured the knee to floor length the next morning. It was the same length. I phoned the podiatrist to get her to recheck and verify what had happened, but she'd since moved. So I thought, okay, one more test. I'll put my shoes on with the lift in them. Well, of course, I then felt lopsided, but the other, but the other way. So I stand here today to declare that God grew my leg through the power of His words spoken by His people in the name of Jesus and by His Holy Spirit. He did it, and I thank and praise His name. What He did for me, He can do for you. Amen. Fantastic. Woo. Thank you, God. Yes and amen. He can do it for you. Let's give Graham a hand as he comes. Well, let's hear the word of God as it is contained in Psalm 49. Almost a little bit of an anticlimax to that testimony that we've heard. <laughs> Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world, high and low, rich and poor, listen. For my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are wise must finally die just like the foolish and senseless leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves but their fame will not last till they will die. Just like animals, this is the fate of fools though they are remembered as being wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave where death will be their shepherd. In the morning, the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave far from their grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. So... 
Don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid, for when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life, they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded for their success, but they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. And I can't leave you on that last verse. Let's go back to verse 15. I'd like you to meditate on this. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. Praise God for eternal salvation. Praise God for life that is eternal. That is the reward of all of us who believe. Amen. So you want to stand to your feet? Don't we serve an amazing God? We're going to declare in song now that He is almighty, which means He is mightier than everything else. He is our Redeemer. Even if you don't feel sometimes that He's he's with you, He's our Redeemer. He's with us. He's Emmanuel. God with us will never, ever leave. God with us will never, ever let us go through our situations on our own unsupported, unhelped, without His strength, without His power, and without His joy. That is the God that we serve.
Guide us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us again. We sing, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, welcome. You are Holy Spirit, speak to us again. We declare you are welcome, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, welcome. You are welcome. Holy Spirit, speak to us again. And now in Maori, why do a tapu? Why do a tapu? No, my king. Presence. 
experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your first song and you were leading it I really um, I really sense that um, the Holy Spirit would say to you that you, you carry a sound in you that the church needs and that you know the rules but he invites you to break the rules and the, um, the you know deep calls out to deep uh, I really sense that as you um, write and allow your creativity to um, build the church the process of that God is going to answer some of the questions that you've got internally that you're not satisfied about the answers for that you have at current but actually as you express and release your gift to a different level the answers for those things that you're asking will become evident as well so be encouraged yeah. cool. why don't we take a moment to, and, and pray um, if you're not well after Sharon's testimony, how could we move on without praying if you're not well? And particularly if you've got a short leg. Let's pray for that this morning. Why not? I've, I, seriously, I'm getting emails um, more and more of amazing miracles that are taking place in people's lives in our church family. And um, 
definitely more than in the past. People just flick me a note and say, hey, you need to know that um, I was healed last week when I was prayed for or whatever. So why don't we take a moment. If you've, if you've got sickness in your, put your hand up where you are. Great. If you haven't got your hand up, go to someone who's got their hand up. You come out of your seat. Come and gather around this person. People. If you know you've got a short leg, come down the front. I'd love to pray for that one. Make sure you get around someone with their hand up. Fantastic. Scripture tells us that Jesus died for all of our sicknesses. All of our disease. So we don't have to plead with him. This morning we release healing in Jesus' name. Yes? Lay your hands on the person. That's all right with them. Ask them first just in case it's not. Father, this morning we respond in faith to your word. And you said you paid for all of our sicknesses when Jesus was on the cross. So this morning we lift every person to you and we declare health and healing in their bodies in Jesus' name. We rebuke, we command the spirit of infirmity to leave people's bodies in the name of Jesus Christ. And we release healing right now in Jesus' name to everybody that needs it. In the name of Jesus. We give you thanks and we praise you and we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you've just been prayed for, you need to test it out if you can and see if there's any difference in your body. Feels a bit better if there's progress. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. I was talking with uh, Helen Calder, as Jan mentioned, who's coming next week, and uh, she had one, she just started preparing for when she comes here, and she had one verse um, that God had given her, and um, I won't steal her thunder, but it was a great verse about what God wants to do in the supernatural amongst us and um, so very very exciting I can't wait to spend some time with her actually, that'll be good thanks Brett well good morning how was that storm when it came through this morning I was sitting in the office and I suddenly all this howling wind I could hear and I looked out and all the leaves and everything were spiralling up to heaven I thought it was a rapture and I was leaving you all Yeah, some of you are faster than others, eh? It's all right, don't worry. It's early still. Hey, um, let me just mention a couple of things before I get going. Um, we've got a new ministry that's starting up uh, called Business Plus. Business Plus. And um, Pastor Trevor Wilson is putting this together. Now he's retired from a CEO role. We decided let's keep him busy. And, um, and if you're passionate about business and about Christ. Uh, Christ and Christians' influence in and through the business world. Uh, have a talk with Trevor. He's not here today, unfortunately, he's in Christchurch. But have a talk to him, and he's, um, you'll see it's all going to start up very shortly. But have a talk to him, so that would be very good. And the other thing I want to mention to you this morning is Luke Ferber, who's our youth director, has been for a couple of years, has been involved with the youth for a long, long time, has um, resigned from his position, and he's going to go and do some study, which is good. 
Very good. Um, he's going to go to uni university and, and do a degree in political science, I think it is. And so that's going to be happening soon. So if you've got, and I'm just scanning the room right now, and the person might not be in here, but anyway, if you've got a real passion for youth ministry, um, we are going to be accepting applications of interest. And, um, you know, if God's stirring you, God's stirring you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can gather together in your house as part of your family in this city. Lord, I declare your blessing over every other church in this city as they come together today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that all of our gatherings would be places where it is evident that you are Holy Spirit. I ask this morning that you would plant some seeds, that there would be God encounters amongst us, that when we leave today, the only thing that would be on our lips would be, I encountered God, I met with God today. I sensed God in the place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, um, I love this current challenge that God has given us about building a house of prayer. It scares me in one sense. I love it in the other. It is incredibly challenging. Um, in my own personal life, it's incredibly challenging. I find myself sitting down and turning on the TV, and 10 minutes into a program, this little thought comes to my mind, I could be praying right now. And it's like, but I don't want to. I want to watch TV. And it, the thought doesn't go away until you do something about it, you know? But that's the way it is, isn't it? Or you're driving along in the car and listening to the radio station, whatever's happening on the radio, and all of a sudden you get this thought, man, I could be praying right now instead of doing this. And you can pray a, a lot on a drive to Auckland and back or Rotorua and back. It's amazing what you can pray. Actually, praying in tongues all the way to Rotorua and back, that's a good exercise. And so we're building a house of prayer as he's asked us to do. And so far, um, you know, on, on the Sunday, we've looked at a couple of aspects along the way of that. One was that prayer from the first mention in the Bible is about turning our head to the one who can carry the weight. That's what the, the word prayer literally means when you examine the, the Hebrew language. And then also um, that God is not far, that he is near. Our Father in heaven, our Father who is in the heavens. Literally, it means our Father who is in the air that we breathe. He is close. He is not far. And that is a great revelation to have. When we're praying, we're not reaching out to the universe. He's right here. He is right here and literally in the air we breathe. And this morning, I would like to touch on, and it won't be exhaustive, but I want to touch on baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because baptism of the Holy Spirit is such an important part of our prayer life. I can remember when I was a teenager... I can remember going to church, and um, this was actually around in the Gray Street Church when it was Gray Street Apo or Hamilton Apo, whatever it was then, and um, in the in the 80s. And uh, I remember after a night service that the invitation was made: "Would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit?" And I responded to that invitation, and I can still, if I take a moment and close my eyes, I can see myself. I wasn't up the front that day; it was sitting in a seat. And, um, and I can, with people gathered around, and I can still remember what it felt like. As people laid their hands on me, and as people prayed, and I sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit, then I found myself speaking in tongues. I can still remember it was exhilarating, it was exciting, it was like a massive step forward for me in my faith journey, it was releasing, it was like, this is the next step on this great adventure in God. And I'm so pleased it happened. 
so pleased. And I think, I believe that every one of us, actually I know, that every one of us benefits from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I think of um, baptism in the Holy Spirit, I think of John Kennard. Who knows who John Kennard is? What was that? Oh, you're right up with it, aren't you? He's the co-driver for Hayden Patton. Who knows who Hayden Patton is? A few more of us. He, he's a Kiwi rally driver who is doing the best that a Kiwi rally driver has ever done. He just, a couple of rallies ago, he went run a round of the World Championship. Since then, he's managed to crash twice, but we won't talk about that. That won't help my illustration. The, um, but, but he's doing exceptionally well driving for Hyundai. But I think, and you can't take this illustration too far because it gets wacky if you do, but the Holy Spirit is like our co-driver. See, God gives us the ability to drive. He releases us to drive. He doesn't, you're not a puppet in life doing just what he tells you to do. Turn now, turn there. No, no, he gives you the ability to drive. But the Holy Spirit is like the co-driver in the car sitting us beside us who navigates for us. And the, and the co-driver has notes, actually, and, and they tell you what's coming. They tell you how fast you should be going around the corner. They tell you what gear you should be in. They tell you any obstacles that you need to avoid. And what they do by doing that is they bring illumination to the driver so that the driver can drive with incredible confidence and speed on a road that would be otherwise difficult to navigate. And it's much like that with the Holy Spirit in our lives. He brings illumination. And he brings power. And he brings the ability to drive with confidence the road that God has called us down. And I think, like I say, you can't go too far, but it allows us, the Holy Spirit allows us to drive to our or to his potential in us. It's a nice modern day picture. Listen to this. This is Acts chapter 1. In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. That's a long sentence. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is an important part of our spiritual journey. It is an important part of our discipleship journey, and it's an important part of prayer focus. However, baptism of the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit or with, some people get quite fussy about the word that you use there, whether it's in, of, with, whatever. I don't personally care. It's just baptism in, with, of the Holy Spirit. I'm happy with them all. Don't ask me why, I just am. So baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit is not salvation. Some, some people, some churches get that mixed up. 
Some churches would say, well, you actually have not been, uh, you're not secured with God for eternity. We call that in the church saved. You are not saved unless you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible doesn't back that. It's not what it says. But it is a discipleship and an empowerment issue. So it's not a salvation issue, but it is a discipleship and an empowerment issue. And um, the scripture is very clear that salvation is one thing. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is something else. Acts chapter 19 says when Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't heard of who the Holy Spirit is. But yet they were believers. So they were saved. They were saved. But they hadn't yet heard about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now the very, and I'll just show you in Scripture in a minute, the very fact that they were believers, that they were saved, means that they had a deposit of the Holy Spirit in their life living within them. But they had yet to hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is about empowerment to live a fully God-empowered life. And as I said, we receive a deposit of the Holy Spirit when we give our hearts, our lives. We've got to give more than our hearts. The Bible doesn't tell us anywhere that, you know, give your mind to Christ. Give your, it says give us all to Christ. It puts it in different ways. We've got to give ourselves to Christ. We give ourselves to Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Ephesians 1.13 And now you Gentiles, anyone who's not a Jew, have also heard the truth. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit within, the deposit of the Spirit in our lives. Giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But the person who is joined to the Lord is at one spirit with him. It's talking about we give our lives to Jesus Christ. He comes into our world. He is, the word there is fused. Our, our spirit is fused with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit is deposited in our lives, becoming one. Uh, a friend of mine uses the illustration there of a tea bag. I've used it before here. Uh, when you put a tea bag in water, it actually changes the substance that it's in. It's like that when the Holy Spirit comes into our, our spirit, it changes. He changes our spirit. The Bible tells us that our spirits are renewed daily. It's quite an amazing thing. Romans 8 says, um, Do not, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. In other words, when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and lived in you. That's where we get, you know, Jesus is living in my heart. That's what that is saying. The Holy Spirit is living within me. That's what, what we're saying there. So, Holy, uh, so baptism in the Holy Spirit is different to salvation experience. Acts chapter 1 says this. 
Uh, I read a bit of it before. It says, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has authority to set these dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 2 is one of our favorites. At the start of it, on the day of Pentecost, this is to the Jewish people. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house they were, where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10 records the same thing. If you uh, remember in the scripture, Peter's been up on the, the roof of the house trying to have a sleep, and he has a vision. And in the vision, God rolls out like a big tablecloth, and in it is animals and different things that, that Peter regards because of his Jewish faith as unclean. God rolls it out three times, I think it was, and Peter gets the idea eventually that nothing there is to be called unclean anymore, that what God has now made clean is clean. As Peter's having this vision, he wakes up from the vision, and then the Holy Spirit says to him, there's some men coming to the door, I want you to go with them. While all this is happening, Cornelius, another town, one of the Roman officers, is having a vision as well. And in his vision, he's told to go and find Peter and bring Peter to him. So he does that. He, go, he sends men. They go. They get Peter. Peter comes out, sees the men there, goes back to Cornelius' house. Now, I haven't got time to go, in, but this whole thing is miraculous. If you understand the cultural subtleties and background of what's happening here, this should never have happened. This is really profound. It's, um, Peter should not have gone with him at all. Anyway, the Holy Spirit told him to, so he does. He goes back into Cornelius' household, and he's preaching the gospel to them. Then in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then they were baptized. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. So the difference at salvation, when we give our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence within us. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is when he pours himself out upon us, out upon you. Fills you, we often say, but he pours himself out. Does that make sense? Great, great. I think it's really important to note here, particularly in our environment, that there's no pecking order. If 
you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Generally, the signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit are speaking in tongues or prophecy or both. It's generally the way it works. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've received the gift of tongues or you can prophesy, that does not make you a better Christian than if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It does not make you a better person. It is not a pecking order. It doesn't mean you've got one up on someone who has not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is all about, and I want to uh, say clearly, that this is about our spiritual journey that we're on, our discipleship journey. To me, the scripture is very, very clear that God's desire is that every one of us are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean if you haven't been yet, you're a second-rate citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes that message comes across, and it's not a healthy message. But I want to encourage you, and my desire today in speaking about this is to encourage you to pursue a fully God-empowered life. My job is to encourage that. Your job is to take hold of what God's doing in your world and in your life and cooperate with him. That makes sense? And cooperate with him. But there's this not this, sometimes you hear this, you know, in some circles you'll hear, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. What a load of garbage. It doesn't say that anywhere. It's not like that. This is about us going on a journey with God and becoming the disciples that he wants us, he's called us to be, and living in the fullness of his power. And we're all in a different place on the journey. So don't feel pressure and certainly don't feel uncomfortable. I... um. Let me illustrate. Just in case I have a spillage. Hey? Oh, yeah. No, me neither. I've got Coke. I do like Coke, although I don't drink it much these days. Because it's very bad for you, they tell me. And if you drink the one with sugar in it, sugar will kill you. And if you drink the one without sugar in it, the other stuff will kill you. It'll all kill you. So stick with KFC, it's a much better option. <laughs> this bottle here, I've previously prepared. flat. This is kind of like uh, before we know Jesus. Looks like Coke, tastes like Coke, but it's just not like Coke should be. Fair enough? Before you've met Jesus, before Jesus has come into your life, before you're really starting to understand the potential of who you're created to be, of what it means to be a son or a daughter of God, and that you're designed to walk in relation with the creator of the universe. Oh, that towel, I've got sticky coke on my hands. Thank you. <laughs> so it's kind of like flat coke. Then you've got like this one, and that made the right coke sound when I opened it. And you can see that that one's fizzed up a little bit more, and... I suppose you want some now that you're seeing me drink it in front of you. There's some advantages being the preacher. 
And that's, that, that looks like Coke, and it tastes like Coke, and it was a bit fizzy too, which was quite nice, which is representative for this illustration at least of what it is to have met Jesus. The real thing, they don't, isn't that what they say with Coke? The real thing? Hey, look at that. I just remembered that. The real thing. And um, that's the way it could be. But there is potential in this bottle that's not realized. There is potential in this bottle that really needs something to come upon it. Fair? Lots of potential. Lots of potential. This is the potential bottle. This is where it could turn really bad because I might not have left enough space. There's these little things called Mentos. That's why I got a small bottle because I've done it in the big bottle and it goes everywhere. I'm happy with that. There's potential in the bottle that can only be realised with an additive. And there's potential in us that will only ever come to the surface. Oh, I should have shook it a bit more. Yeah, there you go. Now it's going. And there's potential in us that will only ever come to the surface and will only ever be worked out when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Needed the big bottle. I could, I could put another lolly in. It's getting there. It's just taking time. There's potential in every one of us that will come out with the right additive. And the right additive in our discipleship journey is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he will come upon us. He will come upon us. And the signs generally are that we will speak in tongues or we will prophesy. But when he comes upon us, there is sound. I love what John Bevere says. He's an author. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with a noise. But when he leaves... He'll leave silently. Samson. The spirit left him. And he tried to do the things that he used to do. And he couldn't do them. Because the spirit had gone. And John Bevere goes on and he says, When the devil comes, he'll come silently. But my goodness, he won't leave without a noise. That's so true. That's so true, isn't it? But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will come with a noise. I wonder um, if the band could come back. That'd be great. And don't step on the coke. No, don't drink it. Heck no. It'll kill you. This morning, I don't know everyone in the room, and I would like to invite you to get on the journey with Jesus. As I said earlier, salvation is the word we used in the church, and we use in the church, or saved. I mean, saved. What have I been saved from? Actually, I've been saved from a whole lot. I've been saved from uh, being in charge of my own life for a start. I was making a mess of that on my own, right? I've been saved from going through life hopeless, wondering what it's all about, going through life hoping there's more, going through life thinking 
uh, like the psalm said, that I'm no better than an animal and going to drop dead and be in the grave and it's all over. Well, the reality is I am going to drop dead one day. I don't fear that. I'm not trying to make it come faster either. That's why I'm not drinking the Coke. But I don't fear it. Because I know that because I've invited Jesus into my world, my eternity is set. But not only that, I know that in this life, I get to live the best life imaginable for me. Because I'm walking it with the creator of the universe. Not only am I walking it with the creator of the universe, but I have an understanding that grows each day that my co-driver, the Holy Spirit, is talking to me. He's guiding me. He's empowering me. He's encouraging me. He's pushing me sometimes. He's lifting me. And I can't imagine doing life any other way than doing it with Jesus. My life is a million times better today than it was when I tried to do it without Jesus. In fact, I can't, how's this? I can't get my head around this. When I was in my late teens, I was doing everything I could to distance myself from God, behavior-wise at least. And in the middle of all that, He divinely heals me. How's that? And I'm saying, no, 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 I don't want to know you, I don't want to know you. He divinely heals me. It's crazy. I think it was because he didn't see then. He was, well, he saw then, but he's more interested in now. He goes, I'll get you. We've got a lot of living to do together yet. And I wonder if you could confidently say this morning that you're doing life with God, that you've invited him into your life, that you've surrendered, the Bible tells us, to die to our old life, that you've surrendered your old life and you've embraced God fully and you're living the life that he's calling us to live. By the way, that won't be mistake-free. Living the life that he's called us to live, that he's called you to live. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a second. If you know that you're not walking with Jesus as you should be or as you'd like to be, and today you're saying, okay, Jesus, I choose you. Could be the very first time. Or it could be that you've stepped back from him for whatever reason. And today you're saying, okay, I step up. I step up again. God, I'll live the life that you're calling me to live. I want to walk with you. I want to do life with you. I want to know you. That's you. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And when you lift your hand, you're not saying yes to me. You're signaling to God this morning. You're saying, God, I'm choosing you. God, I want to start the journey with you. God, I want to get back on the journey. I don't know what your circumstances are, but God, today I'm choosing you. And when you lift your hand, I want to acknowledge you, but you're lifting your hand to God. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift it, if that's you. And I'd encourage you to be brave. It takes courage to admit that you're not in a place that you really know you need to be in and that you're going to choose God to move forward. That takes courage. So this morning, if you know that you need to respond to Jesus, you need to say yes. Can you lift your hand right now, please, so I can see it? 
Let's make sure I see you. Thank you. See one person lift their hands so far. Is there anyone else this morning? Don't let the moment pass you. Saying, God, I choose you. Jesus, I choose you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Can we give the hand the person that lifted their hand a, a hand a clap? That was a confusing sentence. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Another thing I'd like to do as we finish this morning is I'd like to give you the opportunity if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, or if you're feeling really dry in your work with walk with God, love to pray for you this morning that you would receive baptism in the Holy Spirit, number one. Number two, would love to pray for you this morning that any sense of dryness is removed and that your walk with the Holy Spirit again today becomes alive, becomes full of vitality, and that your faith rises and that we can walk in that walk, that discipleship journey that God's called us to walk on. So we'd like to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray and then maybe we can sing a song quietly and as we finish if you'd like to be prayed for baptism in the Holy Spirit refreshing in God why don't you come down the front some leaders would love to come and stand with you this morning Jesus I thank you that you have uh, equipped us that you've shown us in the scriptures the, what needs to happen for us to be able to live the kind of life that you've called us to lead And Lord, my prayer this morning is that every one of us would step into that place in our journey with you that we know we are fully empowered by God. Lord, this morning that you would plant seeds if they've not been planted before this time of there is more and I need more. That you would harvest this morning, Lord, where people have been thinking about this and this morning is the opportunity to take the step forward in you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a gentleman, that you force nothing on us, but that you embrace our decisions and you will pour yourself out when we ask. Lord, as we go into this week, I ask that wherever we are and whenever we're there, we would be like Jesus. Lord, that we would take courage that faith would rise, that we would bring the answers to various situations. We would be that word. We would be that, um, that comment at the right time that brings a solution, that we would be that person of peace that would bring peace into the work environment or the family environment or the classroom environment, but we would be that person of hope that people want to know why we're different. Stir us along, I pray, that we would be all you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I encourage you as you go, make sure you stay, have a cup of coffee, and, um, and enjoy one another's company. But before you go, if you want to be released in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you're feeling dry and want to be refreshed, come down the front. This is a great opportunity now.
Holy Spirit 